Hollow Mountain Publishing presents My Castle, Book Two of the Appalachian Storm series, written and performed by Diana Kilpack. Chapter 36 Mending Fences Katie closed her eyes in relief. Opening them, she headed down into the small valley. She could smell him long before she saw him. The white tiger was looking in her direction, his nose in the air. She knew the instant he recognized her. He sat down on his haunches, waiting for her to come. How did you find me? She changed into human form and faced him. Apparently, I have this radar in my head. I just think, where's David? And out pops this beeper, leading me straight to you. You wouldn't have any clothes in there that would fit me, would you? Katie dug into her knapsack, pulling out a large t-shirt and a pair of sweats. They may be tight, but I think they'll work. She waited patiently, her head averted, waiting for him to change. How is... David paused, his lips tightened. Is Jackson going to be all right? Eventually, David ran his fingers through his hair in frustration. I'm sorry, Katie. I don't know what came over me. I wanted to kill him. I can't get that picture out of my head. His blood was everywhere. I was covered in it. I felt like Shakespeare's Macbeth. No matter how I tried to clean it off me, I could still see it on my hands. He looked down at his hands, rubbing them together. Katie tried to get the picture he described out of hers. I know. I was there. But he's going to be all right? She knew him so well. His optimism was already taking hold. He was already moving past his act. He apologized. Now all can be forgiven. Katie looked at David, got up, and punched him in the face. Ow! What was that for? For being the biggest asshole I've ever known, Katie said, shaking her hand. She thought she may have broken a finger. I said I was sorry. Katie stood there fuming. That's supposed to make it all better? She pointed towards home. Jackson is lying in a bed, unable to move because his flesh was pulverized by you. She stepped closer to him, who immediately started backing away. How many times? Did you give me a holier-than-thou attitude? Calling me a bully because I was trying to get answers from Sandy or Forrest. David rubbed his eye. How many times do I have to say it? I wish it never happened. I'm sorry. He jerked away from her. Every time I see that picture of him in my mind, I feel sick to my stomach. You want me to forgive you? Katie stepped closer to him, her anger vibrating through her body. David nodded. I won't be able to stand it if you can't forgive me. I'm supposed to forgive you? The same way you forgave Jackson for Sam's death? David looked like he was going to argue the point. I was there, David. You wouldn't have stopped. You would have killed him. If I hadn't screamed with my thoughts, his blood would have been on your hands forever. She reached her hands out, shrugging. Then what? Would you still be here, expecting me to forgive you then? You forgave him? For Sam's death, why can't you forgive me? Why is it 
that every time someone has hurt me in some way, they always hold Sam's example above my head and say, You forgave Jackson for Sam's death? I know you will forgive me. Because it was an extraordinary act. It shows a huge capacity of love and loyalty. He sighed. If you showed me that kind of loyalty, I never would have let you down. Ever. Katie wanted to punch him in the face again. David, I have always loved you. Since I was 11 years old, my whole world revolved around you. I have never been disloyal to you. She punched him in the chest. You are the one who pushed me away. You didn't believe me when I was trying to tell you how bad we were attacked the night you transformed. I needed you, Katie. I needed you desperately. I needed you to stand by my side and help me with the new Pure Heart arrivals. He stepped towards her. Instead, you just sent them over to me. It's not my problem. It's the White Tiger's problem. You're the chosen leader. By default. The only reason I'm the White Tiger is because I'm Sam's brother. That's the biggest bunch of crap I've ever heard in my life. If it went through bloodlines, Lizzie would have been the obvious choice. She looked at David. I know exactly why the tiger chose you. You are a natural leader. You always have people gravitating towards you. She pointed to herself. Look at me. You got me to shovel snow for a bunch of old people I never met. And let me assure you, I didn't do it because I thought you were cute. I did it because you told me a compelling story about them, and I wanted to help. I watched you when you were facing the tiger the first time. You didn't pick up a rock and tell the tiger, let's get this over with, like I did. You started talking to the tiger, explaining how it didn't really want to be there. It just needed to turn around and go away. Who else on this earth would have done that? She pointed a finger at David. You showed the tiger when things got rough, you were going to think with your head. You were going to try and talk things out. You are going to be understanding. And that's why the tiger chose you. And let me assure you, since you have changed into the white tiger, you haven't done any of those things. Is this where you're going to point out what a jerk I've been? Because if you are, I'd rather you skip it. You've told me enough to last me a lifetime. Katie put her fist on her waist. That's my job, David. Every time I decide I need to give you some distance and have you figure out for yourself, the powers in charge shove me back in your face. They tell me I can't let you go. She shrugged her shoulders. Here I am telling you to get your act together. You're the big man in charge. If you don't get your act together, the whole town of Lexus is going to be wiped off the map. You're kidding me, right? I wish I was. Katie ran her fingers through her hair in frustration. There have been some developments you need to be aware of. She paused when David's features immediately changed from worry to fear. We don't have any concrete information on Nora. David visibly relaxed until worry etched back into his features. There have been seekers we were not aware of, watching and protecting Mild House and Your Place, Katie explained. They didn't make themselves known because they are more advanced in becoming a malice than the seekers at the compound. They are the ones who killed the malice after the attack on the Pure Hearts in my old home. You picked up their scent because they have been trying to protect your family without your knowledge. 
How do you know this? They made themselves known to me when we brought Jackson to the plantation house to take care of him. They also said the wolves had three targets when they attacked on the full moon. Sandy, myself, and you. If they were protecting me and my family, then how did my little sister get taken? Katie sighed. Because they are used to seeing Lizzie come and go from your house all the time. David stopped and stared at her. Lizzie took Nora. Are you sure? Yes. Why are we standing around talking? Let's go find Lizzie. He turned around and started heading back into the trees. Katie reached out and grabbed his arm. Whoa there, cowboy. I wanted to do the same thing. Jackson, Zach, and Clexi convinced me if Lizzie knows we are onto her, it will get Nora killed. I'm not going to stand around. We are not standing around, David. I have learned just because I'm a leader doesn't mean I have all the answers. I have to hear from those around me and listen to their advice. David rubbed his face with his hand, his frustration evident. I'm sorry, Katie. It's just that my sister. I know, David. I know. It seemed miles away, but the hairs on Katie's neck stood up. Katie gave David a scared look. They're after you. Are you sure? Yes. Katie changed back into wolf form. We have to get you back without them catching your scent. They were miles away from anywhere. In order to get back, they had to go through the wolves. She looked in the direction of home before looking behind her. What do you say we just keep heading into the mountains and not go back towards home? We have to go to a specific direction, or we would just be wandering around and they will eventually find us. I was already thinking of going to Chicago. Chicago? Isn't that a little north, don't you think? Yeah, but I think we'll get some answers. Katie couldn't tell if it was closer. She decided it didn't matter. Turning in the opposite direction of home, she started out at a fast pace, knowing David was following close behind. Katie, where are you? Katie inwardly smiled. She had been expecting Zach to contact her for the last two hours. I'm somewhere in the Smoky Mountains, heading north to Chicago. You're what? There was a long pause. I know I didn't hear you right. I told you a hundred times you are not to go anywhere without me. Katie couldn't help grinning. It was a quick decision. Uh-huh, Zach said. Does it have anything to do with the fact that Candy Franklin is sleeping in your bed and looks like she's been crying all night? Katie lowered her head, but kept running. Yes, it has everything to do with that. Did you hear the wolves crying last night? No. The wolves must have been closer than she realized. She was glad she made the decision to go deeper into the woods than try and make it back home. Zach, I was wondering if you could get Jackson's SUV and meet us somewhere along the way so we don't have to run all the way to Chicago. Can we fly? I have no problem with flying, Katie answered. If you get airplane tickets, you need one for David, myself, you, Cluxy, and... Hank. She thought a moment. You better go to the Blacks and pack some clothes for David and get his wallet and ID. David's with you? Yes. I guess Jackson knows everything about this. Katie sighed. Actually, Jackson doesn't know we're going. 
So if you want, you can give him the heads up. Isn't he in your head? Not anymore. All I did was go to bed last night, like I'd done every night since the day I was born. I wake up, black as white, day as night, and Katie and Candy have switched boyfriends. Katie decided she didn't have the heart to comment. Katie dug through her bag, trying to find her cell phone. Eventually finding it, she brought it to her ear. Hello, Mom, what's up? There was a slight pause. Miss Johnson, Jack Price here. I want to know where my son is. Katie's heart jumped into her throat. Hello, your son is okay. There was another pause on the line. That is not what I asked. Is there something I need to be aware of? Katie searched her brain, trying to figure out what to tell Jack Price. Let me tell you what I know, then you can fill me on the details. Jack Price said, taking charge of the situation. A Sheriff Tate from Lexus came to see me a couple of minutes ago. He seems to think my son is dead. He paused, waiting for Katie to start explaining. When silence is all that followed this announcement, he continued. He said he saw you in the back of my son's vehicle covered in blood. The vehicle was later found in the parking lot of the Knoxville airport. Five airplane tickets were bought with Jared's credit card The destination, Chicago. The credit card was also used for a motel room. Another significant pause. Jack Price gave a deep breath. The sheriff assures me if my son's credit card is used again, they will have the suspects, whom, by the way, use their own IDs to get on the plane. Katie closed her eyes. How the heck are they going to get around without using Jackson's credit card? This is where you fill me in on the details to some significant holes. Jackson was injured, but he's going to be okay, Katie began. He didn't want us to take him to the compound because he didn't want you to see his injuries. Where is my son? Jack's voice never rose, but the power in his words were unmistakable. The old plantation home, Katie automatically answered. To the authority in Jack's voice, why are you in Chicago? I'm not sure I should tell you anything. Because like Jackson and Candy, you're too close to the situation. When I last saw you, Miss Johnson, you were hell-bent on saving a young girl. What happened to that situation? Katie paused, remembering her conversation with Candy the night before. It has been decided Jackson and Candy are to spearhead the investigation in finding Nora Black. David and I are investigating the Chicago West Company and find where it leads. Are you informing me Tom Franklin is involved? No, Katie rubbed her forehead in agitation. There is no evidence Tom Franklin is involved, but his wife is. The pause was significant as Jack Price digested this information. Are you in need of financial assistance? Katie closed her eyes. She really didn't want to answer that question. I have been paying your bills for quite some time, he reminded her. Without the credit card, we have no ability to do anything, Katie said in a quiet voice she hated. I'm going to text you an address and a name. You are to go there, and the man will give you whatever you need, Jack said, all business again. When you are ready to come home, you are to call me. I will provide your transportation home. Thank you. Katie 
hated saying it, about as much as she hated telling him she had no money. We are all on the same side here, Katie. All of us are willing to do what it takes to stop this. If this is my contribution, I'm willing to do it. For the first time, she recognized Jared's determination in Jack Price's voice. It made her heartache. I'll remember that. Ending the call, she looked up, facing the large building in front of her. There were no people going in or out of the place. It looks deserted, she said, looking up. She noticed Zach wasn't paying any attention to her. He was staring down the road with a longing expression on his face. Katie nudged him. Earth to Zach. Zach gave her a serious look. If my mama knew I was this close and didn't come see her, she would skin me alive. Katie rolled her eyes. She looked at David, who grinned and then shrugged. Cluxy raised his eyebrows. Everyone needs to see their mama. She sighed. Okay, let's go visit your mom. Zach gave a whoop and started heading down the road, leaving the three of them behind. She looked back at the deserted building. I wonder where Hank is, referring back to everyone's favorite topic of conversation. The moment they landed, Hank disappeared into the crowd. Since no one can communicate with him through their thoughts, he seemed to be lost. He'll show up, Cluxy said with confidence. Yeah, with guns blazing. David said, automatically under his breath, Katie shook her head. Hank is on our side, David. She had repeated the phrase so many times in the past day and a half, she felt like a broken record. I was concerned about newborn seekers, David mumbled. Here we are traveling with a seeker who can change on a dime into one of those monsters. But he chooses not to, Katie reiterated. Cluxy looked around. Has anyone noticed I'm the only white person around? Katie glanced around the street. They seem to be attracting a lot of attention from the local population. Now that Cluxy had mentioned it, Katie did notice most of the people were staring at them with hard expressions on their faces. She reached out with her mind. Zach, can you come back here and let these people know we're with you? Zach stopped and patiently waited for them to catch up. Cluxy walked beside him, and the two of them, with identical gaits, strutted down the sidewalk. They both had the same personalities, don't they? David said quietly. She nodded. They are the best of friends, but don't tell them that. They think they hate each other. How were you able to do it, Katie? Katie frowned. Do what? David gestured towards Zach and Cluxy. Get a black man and a Ku Klux Klan member to become friends. Katie shook her head. I didn't do it. It was the situation they were in. They didn't trust the Seekers. They felt like their only chance to survive was to rely on each other. I wouldn't let them sleep in my house if they kept punching each other out. It's more than that, Katie, David pointed out. You were able to get the Pure Hearts and Seekers to work together. Every time there was a problem between the two, you were able to defuse the situation. The pure hearts and seekers come from the same beginning. We are all were animals. The seekers just want a chance to show their loyalty. All I do is accept them at their word. How do you know they are not lying to you? Katie stopped and faced David. The seekers' reality up to this point is total slavery to leaders who are completely ruthless. What are they going to do? 
be loyal to their leaders when they have been shown nothing but misery? She brushed the hair out of her eyes. I have no doubt a seeker will do everything they can do to thwart their leaders and become free agents once again. She pointed her finger at David. On the other hand, pure hearts have never gone through any trials to become who they are. They are probably more likely to align with evil because they do not know how ruthless the leaders are until it's too late, she sighed. I believe Lizzie wants to get out of the situation she is in. She can't because it was her choice. She's stuck and she's probably scared to death. David gave her a twisted smile. So now you want to save Lizzie? No, Katie shook her head. Lizzie made her decision, but I fear the consequences of her actions. She didn't think it all the way through, and now she's stuck. The consequences of her choice may be something she will not be able to live with. Hey, are you guys going to stand there all day? Zach's thoughts were impatient. That boy obviously loves his mama. Hi, this is Diana Kilpack. If you are enjoying this series and would like to help support it, I have created a pod fan and Patreon account where you can donate. The best thing you can do is tell your friends and family about this series and let them participate. Until next week, when our imaginations meet again, have a great day.